Welcome to a major championship edition of your best bets. Second major is on the horizon. The PGA Championship this week in Southern Hills. I can't wait. Uh, the PGA is now, it's feeling more like a legitimate major, not like the fourth major of the year where it kind of took a back seat. It's got its own identity. I'd like to talk about that later on the show. But before we start, we have to introduce who we have on tonight. Uh, Johnny Strauser is back uh, after a two-week hiatus. Johnny, welcome. Good to see you again. Good to be here and good to after, you know, some, uh, you know, some, some low profile events to, to get us back to a major here and uh, really, really excited to see, uh, see the golf course and everything and, and uh, how the changes are and, and uh, see this field. Yeah, we can rave about Gil Hance a little bit tonight, really geek out on some golf course architecture. Zach Fitzgerald, of course. Zach, what's up, buddy? Uh, not much. Looking forward to the second major of the year. I think putting it between uh, the Masters and the U.S. Open uh, is where it belongs and yes, leaves it, like you said, from being left behind after the British. So glad to be here. And rounding out the panel tonight, Scott Pieri. Scotty P, what's up, buddy? What's going on with you? Hey, guys. Always fun to be a part uh of the show this is maybe my third go around with you guys maybe your fourth something like that so first with zach i gotta say zach's got his cat in the background just doing his thing back there i'm waiting for it to maybe pounce on him but uh anyways it's great great seeing everybody glad to be here Zach's cat is really a frequent uh visitor to the podcast especially the videos on youtube Yeah. yeah yeah Uh, guys, I want to open up with uh, the Three Rivers Tour event from last week. The the Blue Moon Open up at Garrett Country Club. Uh, Lance Hoke won the uh, uh, the the gross um, last week. I believe with the seventy. Is that correct, Zach? You were in the field. That is. Um, give us the lowdown on, on on what that how that tournament played out. What the course played like. Um, I know you you played. You said it wasn't your best, but you did finish T six. Very respectable. So tell us about how your day went and how the tournament went. Uh, tournament was at Garrett Country Club, which uh, I think this is either the third or the fourth year that the tours played there. It is the first year that it has not been sopping wet. So uh, for me, I've always really enjoyed playing the course. I think as a kid, I'd played it a couple times. And then, you know, for the tour, uh, you know, been playing it the last three or four years. And I, I really like the layout uh, and, and me and numerous people were kind of talking about how excited we were to kind of play it a little bit more firm, a little bit faster. And it really kind of did uh, live up to our, uh, how excited we were about it. Um, for me, uh, it was my first tor- tournament of the year. Um, shot 76 and I was five over through the first six and then played pretty well the last 12. But, you know, I was rusty, haven't played any tournaments. Um, you know, I was just kind of happy to be out there on a day that it was 80. It wasn't terribly windy. The golf course was playing well. Um, I played with Rory Ransberg and Chris Schweitzer. So the company was great. They had some great shots. Um, I think all in all, uh, it was a success for the tour. Uh, and, and for the course, really, uh, finally getting to showcase itself a little bit and not completely wet conditions. First year, I think the ball has been played down. So really the first look at the real golf course. And, and I was quite pleased. Before we went live, we were talking about the golf course. Uh, Johnny and I have not been up there to play it. Scott, you played up there? I played it back when it was nine holes. I don't believe I've ever played it since they've added the other nine, to be honest with you. But I have buddies that play there, and they always say the same thing, that the greens are fantastic. That's what mm-hmm. I always hear about the place. So it was a great little nine-hole course. We played it in high school several times. and. But um, let's go. Here's our foursome right here. Let's go. Let's mm-hmm. all of us go. Ready. I'll take uh, I'll take John, and we'll play you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many? That how many like fair teams? How many? Listen, strokes? I'm not. How many strokes? Not, well, I don't know. You guys figured out. <laughs> Whatever you want. I would need quite a few, I think. <laughs> I mean, listen. I mean, I'm. I, there's a big gap between you three and me. Uh, so, I mean, let's, right, let's be honest here. I'll take Phil. Um, Come on, Phil. We'll play these guys. 
I also need to mention that that Michael Goodrich won the net division as well. Um, so Lance's first gross win uh, on the tour and uh, Michael's first win as well. So congrats Bravo. to both those guys. Um, uh, you know, Zach, we were talking about <laughs> we were talking about the blue moon though in Garrett, and I said it's the staple yeah. of Garrett. And if anyone doesn't know about this little hole in the wall place in Garrett, mm-hmm. uh, you got to go there. Uh, if you're on the way up to like a, a lake up north, I mean ice cream, uh, just some, some great food. So shout out blue moon, maybe a future sponsor of the show. Who knows? There you go. Absolutely. Um, Zach has some uh, previous obligation called, uh, going to bed and getting up for work. So he's going to exit stage <laughs> left. So I'm going to dismiss Zach. We appreciate you coming and giving the report and maybe we'll see you next week. Yeah, I will be on next week and, uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Scott, it was nice seeing you, Johnny. It was nice seeing you again. And Phil, it was always nice seeing you. Always great to see you, sir. Thanks, guys. Johnny and Scott, uh, the Byron Nelson the last weekend. Um, uh, I mean, KH Lee is now, he's like, <laughs> he. I was looking at his record. I mean, we know he won this tournament last year, wins this, wins this one again. I think his only, he only had one top 10 in between wins. Uh, his resume is kind of Cameron Champ like uh, Johnny, if you know what I mean. Where you know you kind of just have all these T forty five, you know, make the cut, finish fifty fifth, and then boom, you pop and win. Is familiarity at this golf course? Um, I mean, not not to just contend both years, but to win birdie fest like this two years in a row is almost as impressive as as winning just kind of a grinded out tournament in my mind. Yeah, I mean, th- that's remarkable that, you know, he shot 25 under last year, and I think he shot 25 under this year. And to do it at the same golf course, um, but that's pretty good job security. You know, you just find a couple golf courses that uh, that you play well, and, you know, you, you get you make the cut at some other ones just to earn some FedEx Cup points. But this, uh, um, this is something here, and, and we've talked about this on the show quite a bit, is guys who are familiar with, uh, with golf courses, whether it's down to the amateur level, all the way up to the PGA tour level, you know, you, sometimes you just get out there. You just, you just got good feels, uh, of what you see, you know, the, the holes are routed the right way. The, the, the pins are usually in the spots that you like. And, and to be able to shoot the same score, you know, when, would really, these courses are so hard to win at because you've got to maintain pace by making birdies. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable to me. I mean, that's, that's really something I'm cagely there. And, and this field I think was a, uh, probably a little bit better than last year's uh, with the star power uh, that was, that was at the top of the leaderboard there. So I was very impressed. Um, you know, and if he keeps just contending at this event, makes a few cuts here and there, he's going to, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to have his card for a, for a long, long time, which, which there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, he's uh, snuck into the top 50 in the world now. Um, good golf swing. Seems like a good putter. Uh, it's, you know, it's kind of surprising his name hasn't shown up on more leaderboards. Scott, I'm interested from your perspective. Uh, would you have rather played in, in, in a tournament where the, you knew there was going to be a bunch of birdies and you had to go real low or more of a grind it out when par was a premium? What was your preference? Well, I think I had more success as a player in those type of situations, especially as a pro where you have to fight for par and the scores were a little bit higher. Um, I certainly have played okay in some of the birdie fests, but um, uh, I'm probably more of a grinder. But I, I think, you know, I think what was incredible this last weekend was there were, I believe, if I'm not, if I'm not I think there were 14 guys or 13 guys that were 20 under or better, or something crazy like that. There were 2,000 birdies in the golf tournament. <laughs> I mean, it was it was insane. And I was bouncing back and forth between the region's tradition. Sorry, I was watching the first major of the Champions Tour season. But um, I would say this about that golf course. I think I th- the only way to shoot those numbers, obviously, you got to make a lot of birdies. But the only way to ever really shoot those numbers is not make many bogeys. So that indicates to me around the greens, and then the greens themselves are fairly flat in tour terms, right? And 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 they obviously the speed in the greens were in good shape, and they were ma- making a lot of putts. So th- it's just a when you see scores like that at a place, it's usually the greens are, are probably pretty easy to putt in around the greens. Guys are getting it up and down every time. I mean, you can't go shoot twenty five under or twenty under and make 
10, 10 or 12 bogeys in a golf tournament. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it, it sure didn't look easy on TV, but it, it sure made it look easy when, you know, yeah. in reality. Yeah, they really did. And, uh, it was, it's kind of funny because you had the four par fives, you had a drivable par four on each side. Right. And, um, I forget who it was on Twitter. Uh, Spieth missed the easy, not an easy, but like a seven footer for Eagle on 12. And they were saying he won't have another makeable Eagle look until the 14th hole. So it's tough <laughs> to let that one slide by because right. it was just, it was just playing <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. Um, I, so yeah, it took me five minutes uh, to kind of not go on uh, full in on Spieth, but now it's time. Uh, Johnny, I mean, this is like, uh, you know, if he would have won, this would have been full on pandemonium coming off the RBC win. Uh, winning at his hometown event, going to a place where he can, uh, or a tournament where he can, he can complete the grand slam. He doesn't pull it off, but every indication is that he is, I mean, he is really exactly where he needs to be headed into the PGA. Correct. Well, yeah. I mean, his, his strokes gain, um, T to green is so good right now, which, which has always been the opposite of, of how he succeeded when he won those majors. Even he's hitting his irons really well. Um, you know, that new golf swing with, uh, that rehearsal that you're not a big fan of, but he actually gets the club in such a great position now and where it's a lot more consistent. Um, you know, it's just hard to not love that. And all you need is a pretty good putting weekend. And it seems like, uh, when, when he's, you know, maybe a top 20 or top 15 or something like that, he's, he's hit the ball among the best in the field and then not had a, had a good putting, which is, you know, obviously, as we know, is very atypical of him. So it's really, really interesting to get excited about how he's going to perform this week um, because, it, you know, the golf course, well, we'll talk about it, will demand good iron play. And I, I, I've already bet him. I'm, I'm excited about uh, the prospects here. I think he, he obviously makes the golf tournaments interesting. And, and when he's in contention in majors, he's so much fun to watch you know, whether you get the highs and the lows, but, you know, I, I think his full game is is starting to round into form and I, I'm excited to see how he's going to perform this coming week here. I, um, looking at the stats and I, I was trying to pull it up, but I think I saw it on data golf that this is the best two weeks of him driving the golf ball, going back to RBC and the Nelson since he's had since 2017. So not only is he hitting his irons great, he's putting the ball in play. He's not hitting any of these foul balls that we've known Spieth to, to have here and there. Now it's it's like every tournament he has the obligatory two and a half or three footer that he misses like he did on uh, 11 where he three putted from seven feet and it ends up kind of costing him a a potential playoff, but that aside, Scott, I mean, you love where speed side love his form lately. Yeah, I do. And I, I think his pre-shot's hideous too. I, I, I can't stand watching. <laughs> Thank it. you. It's, Thank it's, you. It's, it's, it's not, I, I give him credit for sticking with it. I mean, he's, he's, he's stuck with this for a while. So, and it's starting to groove um, for him, but you know what guys, I, I really like him right now. Obviously he's easy to like, but I raised the question, a uh, number of years ago when I had my show that when he sort of went dipped into his, his play where he was just playing. Okay. And then he was, you know, I, I raised the question on my show was, did, was 2015. Did he overachieve? Is that really him? Or was it just like this, all the stars lined up and he had uh 2015, like almost no one had ever had. And will we ever see anything remotely like that? I feel like I, we could see him win five tournaments in the next 12 months or six tournaments or a major and mm -hmm. three, or I, I feel that way. I mean, he looks awfully close to being really, really good again. And he's picked up length. They were talking about him. I think he's carrying the ball eight to 10 yards farther. Everyone knocked him for his, his, um, his length. He had, a, I, I was, again, I was flipping back and forth and I watched him in a t-shirt. He had 181 mile an hour ball speed. <laughs> he's bombing it, you know, and he's, um, Guys, I think I think he's possibly going to end up going on a run here. That's just the my gut, my my hunch. Yeah, and I, to follow up on that, your comment about 2015. You know, will he ever get to that level? I, you know, I, I 
I think his putting that year was out of this world, you know, Unbelievable. 15, Best ever. 20 footers. Yeah. So, you know, that might be the difference. And now, now it seems like when he doesn't win or he, he's struggling, it seems like the putter's holding the back. It's just the way golf goes. As, no as you guys know that, you know, when one thing is, is excellent, the other thing falls off. But um, I think this is as close as he's been to the 2015, 2016, even 2017 years, as we've seen, even last year when he was so good in the spring, um, it kind of tailed off to the summer and and the fall i it just he just looks um i just i feel confident when he's over an iron shot he's going to hit it pin high which he's been doing really uh since rbc and give himself eight to ten footers and uh and you know i trust him still with the putter even if the stats don't always show it uh johnny anything else from the nelson besides cage lee and speak for you uh not really i mean it was uh you know there was a well, I, I shouldn't say not really. I mean, there was some some good players that I wanted to see kind of get into some form there. Um, Hideki Matsuyama played really well, um, closed with a 62. And I think he made a bogey late there that uh, um, was going to put him in close to contention there. 61 by Xander. I mean, we've always talked about him there. Um, you know, he was kind of not in content. Well, he wasn't in contention at all and was probably a couple hours ahead of the leaders there and, and shot a really good score. So, you know, it looks like these guys, there's some guys out here that are, you know, somewhat rounding into form, which is always fun to see because it leads up to that anticipation of, of you know, what could be this coming week. I do have to shout out Xander. I mean, we give him a lot of flack. Uh, Johnny and I, you know, we've, we talk about him a lot, but he was three over um, with, I think, uh, 12, holes, thir- 12 or 13 holes to go Friday. And he ends up 23 under at the end of the tournament. I mean, that's that's an insane, what, last 47 or eight holes of golf. Um, so good on him to, to grind it out and get a top five out of it. Um, Scott, I'm interested where, where you're at with Justin Thomas. I mean, this is another tournament where he's right there. He's been right there for basically the last year of, I mean, several tournaments. And for whatever reason now, it used to be, Justin Thomas figures out a way to win, win all these tournaments. Now it's like, there's always something holding them back. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of flipped on a little bit the last year. Yeah. You know, I I think it happens every good player at some point, if you play enough golf, you go through some highs and lows. I'm not that worried about him. He still looks like he's still striping it pretty good and he's still playing well. Miss putt here, miss putt there, hit it left in the hazard you know, have to drop it. it. Just it's just little things here and there with him. I I don't I'm not too worried about him. I think Shoffley is more a head scratcher between those two. I, I would have to agree with you guys on that one. I, I can't quite put my finger on him. You know where? Um, I don't know. I mean, he's just played some weird weird tournaments, hasn't he? And then to turn around and do this, I. <laughs> Uh, he's he's more of a head scratcher than just Thomas. I think Justin Thomas, as I think last time I was on the show, I, I think he's going to be mad enough at some point to start to start winning again. But you're right; he hasn't been able to finish the deal. But I think I think he'll I think he'll get through this lull. I just I, I just wanted to contend in a major. I mean that that hasn't happened in so long. Um, you know we we kind of railed on him after the Masters when he showed up and shot 76 for the first round and really couldn't get out of that hole. Um, Scotty Scheffler, uh, top 20. I mean, the guy just continues to make a ton of birdies. I think he had exactly the week he needed to have this week just to kind of get his, you know, you know, scratch off the cobwebs a little bit heading into the PGA next week at a course where he's played a ton. He won uh, an amateur event, I think in 2015 or 16, I saw. Um, Big 12 championship. Else. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I mean, uh, I, 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 you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about the, the odds and, 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 you know, later on the show, but I, I have a hard time seeing Scotty Shuffler not contend at least top 10, top 20. Um, it's kind of like the new Brooks Kepka if we talk about his record and that's something I'll bring up later, but, uh, not, not too much from, from, from the Nelson. I don't, I don't love this tournament. I don't love this golf course, CPC Craig ranch. It's just not something just feels like it's missing. And I feel like we talked about this last year, so we don't have to go too in depth on, on, on this tournament, but I think it's, um, you know, they got a good field this, this year, at least going in, in front of the PGA. Um, uh, guys live golf. Um, 
I, I guess we can just go into Mickelson right now. Um, so, I mean, it's disappointing that, that, that Phil's not going to be here this week. I mean, what, you know, I, I was reading something today talking about just the fall from grace since this tournament last year, when on top of the sports world, not just golf, but the sports world and to see where he is now, um, you know, really weird last Friday when the PGA of America releases the statement that he won't be playing, not even coming directly from him. Um, I mean, I think this is a sign that we're not going to see him at the U.S. Open or the Open. What do you think, Scott? Um, I think that's an affirmative, Captain. Um, I'm shocked. I, I, I'm just so shocked that he isn't defending, irregardless of what's going on at this point. This would have been the obvious jump back in point to me. Um, winning at 50 years old, <laughs> the oldest ever, and what he did last year, and now this. So I. I'm more intrigued right now to see where this goes than I have through this whole thing. Where does it go from here? Now they got the article coming out talking about how much he lost gambling and that he was checking his phone during President's Cups and more interested in that than he was in playing. And, oh, my God. I mean, it's it's insane. I, insane. I, I don't uh, – I don't I, – I, I, I it's hard to even <laughs> fathom at this point. Okay. Johnny, I'm going I'm to read off a list of Mickelson indiscretions just since he won the PGA, and then you can <laughs> then you can respond. And it's not just live golf, okay? okay. So he started uh, with uh, on Twitter. He argued about John Rahm's uh, back vaccination status around the memorial last year. Um, he attacks uh, an investigative reporter from the Detroit News, your newspaper, Johnny, uh, for writing uh, a story about. Uh, a bookie, not or how he had refused to pay Mickelson a 500 grand gambling debt. He suggested his, his excessive coffee drinking habit had protected him from catching COVID. Uh, he attacked the USGA, of course, because we know how he feels about the USGA for the rule changes, limiting the length of drivers to 46 inches. Criticized the PGA Tour policies ban on the green rating books. Uh, claimed that the PGA Tour was holding on to 10 to $20 billion of digital moments that the pros had created. That, that's probably my favorite. I Also, I like <laughs> this one, though. He thanked Elon Musk on Twitter for grumbling about his $11 billion tax bill because we know Mickelson hates taxes maybe more than he hates the USGA. Um, he mentioned herd immunity when it talked about the Omicron variants. Um he incorrectly announced that he won the uh, the PIP. <laughs> Forgot about that one, too. Uh, the Charlie Hoffman incident at the Waste Management. Uh, uh, he mentioned that. And then all this was even prior to all the stuff coming out in the Ship Notebook, uh, which I have to get this week to read. Johnny, what what in the world? What I mean, this is this is insane for just one person. All this stuff in a twelve month span. Yeah, this is a, this is a lot to unfold. And I did read that article after you recommended it to me, so I, I read all of those prior to you reading these off. And it's just like, yeah, that that stuff has just been some recent, you know, within the last couple of years here. And first of all, it is it's as a golf fan, it is heartbreaking that he didn't play in the masters. And it's extremely sad that he's not here to be celebrated as the defending champion of, of this event. I mean, you know, like him or dislike him. I mean, it's just, it, it stinks as a golf fan. Um, but, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of things going on um, in, in his life. I think that's, that's always been the, the, the thing. And I think, you know, you look the way he plays golf in with that aggressive type type way. I think that's how he lives his life. And that's how he's got a lot of these other things going on. Like I know that the ship book is going to be very, very good reading and very interesting, but I think he's got something worse here is that uh, Billy Walters book that's going to come out next year that uh that he's gonna write and billy walters from what i've read um is not a dude you mess with and and he messed with them and he's gonna out him in a lot of different ways i think and and uh um i i think there's legitimate personal non-golf related concerns that he's got going on in his life you know whether it's going to affect him his family his finances i i just think and you just look at some of the comments you remember uh, it was before the Riviera tournament. Uh, Pat Perez was commenting, something's going on with him. You know, I just hope he's okay. 
you know, and all this kind of stuff. I think there's some things and, and it's all going to kind of, kind of come to light, but that's just the type of guy that he is. He, he probably lives that type of, of life. And, you know, they talked about him losing within a four year stretch, $40 million in gambling. Um, you know, he always wanted to be the smartest guy in the room, wanted to be the focus of attention. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of made a lot of bad decisions, a lot of good ones, but a lot of bad ones as well. And I think there's a lot of things going on there that we don't even know about that, that may never come to light that they may come to light. But I mean, I, I, I think there's some serious things that are going to affect his life going forward. And I think that's, that's where this is going to start. And I think that's, that's really his primary focus. I would think at this moment, but I'm still saying he's going to, um, he's going to appear at that first event in London in June. I, I just think this is what he's going to do. He's going to take the cash grab. He's going to, you know, cause he, he probably needs the money. And I I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I feel bad that he's kind of going through this, but I, I believe most of it, he brought it upon himself. So at some point, you know, you got to be like, well, this is just what this, it is what it is. So, but I think he's done, unfortunately with PGA tour events, with major championships. I think it's, if he plays at all anymore, it's these, uh, live golf events and that's about it. I agree with everything you said. And, uh, it, it, it's such an unfortunate turn that we're not going to see him play in the masters, you know, the next 10 years and, you know, the, the U S open, which he had a, a five-year exemption for, or is it 10 years after winning the PGA? Um, it's either five. way it's five. Okay. So, five. you know, the next five opens to see if, you know, something miraculous could have happened where he, he got the grand slam. We're not going to see that. It, it appears at this point. Um, I, it's just, it's, it's an amazing turn of events, but I think you're right. The, I think the live golf, the Saudi thing is completely financial driven. I think, I mean, if you now getting some more details about how much money he lost due to gambling, and it also was in conjunction with the downturn in his game where, you know, less money was coming in and, you know, of course, sponsorship dollars were still rolling in for him. But I mean, if you think about his lifestyle and all the things you hear, it was, it was probably hard to maintain that. Um, so a lot of speculation, obviously, but um, Scott, I'm 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 interested. You're we Johnny and I have talked a lot about Greg Norman the last couple of months. Um, how just much of a cartoon character he has become. Do you think? <laughs> do you think the Saudis are regretful of their decisions to make him the face of live golf? <laughs> oh gosh, I don't. I mean, he ooh. puts his foot in his mouth every other week now. With I, yeah, something. I don't. I don't know. I you know. I think I even said this when I was on last time when we were talking about him. He's such an ego. He has such an ego. But I, I think just really quickly, when you get just wrap up with Mickelson and what you guys are talking about, I think I think that's the word for for Phil when it comes down to it is just his ego is is what led to to all of this, you know. And I I've always heard that about him. I mean, that's been a that's always been the talk about him, and he's always seemed to kind of done something great and, you know, kind of got through it, but I think it just caught up with him. I, I think they're probably the perfect match. It's probably Mickelson and Norman at this point, they probably belong together in this deal. And, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I, he's such a big name in, in the world of golf and business. I, I don't, who knows? I, I, I don't understand the whole live the, what's going on behind the scenes. I, I just know they're going to play at some point. It's just going to be fascinating to see who starts, which card starts going and, you know, Fowler was not committing to the PJ tour today. I don't know if you guys saw that or not, Sad but up. he was saying he hasn't made up his mind. And I, I guess I wasn't really thinking about him, but after I heard that, it makes sense. I mean, he's, where's he fallen to in the world ranking? He's still a big name, but how long will he be a big name? If he keeps playing poorly, this may be his opportunity to go grab some money and solidify some dough for him over the next however many years, it would make sense. Maybe he might do it, you know? it's i'm glad you brought him up I, I read that just a couple hours before we went live and i was like wow but then i was like okay that it, it's it's these guys that maybe have a little bit of concern about their status on tour right uh you know the robert garriguses of the world we know right. you know sergio at the wells fargo commenting right. you know about I won't have to deal with you guys anymore. Yeah. You just got to deal with those Saudis, the Saudis that make the rules that you want to play. And um, I guess Sergio would be the biggest name up until this point, if Fowler would ever go, but um, 
Yeah, there's going to be, I mean, the thing is, is we still don't know where this thing's being uh, televised. It's, I mean, is this going to be like YouTube or, I mean, some, is it going to be streamed somewhere? I'm sure somewhere, you know, it's going to get aired. Even if it is a total car crash, they have so much money that this thing is not, yeah. it's not close to the end. And, you know, they can just keep throwing money at this and, and they can keep figuring out. And maybe at some point. You know, there's going to be some higher echelon tour player that's going to see how much money they're making for 10th place and be like, you know what, you know, and, and now with, with what the PGA tour decided last week, um, I just think it's going to be at some point it's going to get messy. This, this is going to go to, um, you know, it's going to go to court at some point with someone arguing that what the PGA tour saying is not allowable, uh, by law. I don't want to get in the legalities of it, but you know, the whole contractor working for themselves versus what the tour is saying they can and can't do. I, I don't know how that's all going to work out long-term. Yeah. Um, can I, can I say something about that yep. real quick? Cause you brought yep. it up. Per- perfect. Um, you know, keep in mind when you become a tour member, you know, you pay dues to the tour I and mean, those guys are paying, I'm going to guess 1500 to two grand a year to the PGA tour for their dues to be a part of that association. Right. They're independent contractors. If they went to Q school at some point, they played somewhere between 5000 to 7500 in entry fees and all their expenses. I think the tour is going to have a really tough time if there's an antitrust lawsuit brought against them that you're going to dictate in an employer-type fashion for people you forced to be independent contractors and pay you to be a part of your tour. I, I just, I, I'm not an attorney. I'm not claiming to be. I just find that that's going to be a really tough argument to make. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it won't go that way, but I certainly wouldn't be happy if I was a part of that tour that you're dictating to me where I can and can go. Now, I understand if they're playing at Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon and it's within the United States and there's a PJ tour event. I do. I get that. Okay. But if they're playing in London uh, and it's the European tour or it's, it's the you know Asian tour or it's the Japanese tour and they're not, and, and you want a one-off somewhere, I, there should be no problem with that. I, I just don't understand why they're going that route. I, I think it's a mistake. Obviously, there's a bunch of prominent guys on the tour that don't. So it is going to be interesting for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see how it all plays out starting next month. Uh, like, is there going to be a press conference? Um, is there going to be betting eyes on these tournaments? I, right. I, I don't. I, I have no. There's just no. There's not. There's not a lot of answers, concrete answers to any of these questions yet. Uh, transitioning, Johnny Tiger. Uh, everything I saw today, he looks <laughs> pretty wow. good. I mean, at times walking gingerly, but out on the course, he looked. You know, pretty solid. Uh, thoughts, hopes for Tiger this week. Thoughts and hopes. Well, thoughts. I mean, he he says that the leg feels better, and that it's just going to take time. It's going to take one, two, three, five, ten years for it to get to where it needs to be. So, I mean, that's good that that that's improved. Yeah, it's only what a month or something like that after the after the Masters. So, I mean, how much better did it get? But yeah, from the report on the ground was his swings there. I mean, his 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 speeds are there. You know, there's there's good golf shots being hit. It's just at this point, you know, can he can he get those seventy two holes in? You know, and we saw at Augusta, you know, he was wearing wearing down. You know, come the weekend, understandably, and and it's just building building the physical strength back up, but also the tournament experience that the nerves you, if you don't play, you know, every so often, or you go long bouts without playing, I mean, you, you know, the nerves are something that you've got to get used to. And that's what we you know when tigers had the back injuries and everything like that, you know, he's come back to win. That's kind of been the last thing there is to, is to have pressure, have that feeling and, and, you know, get back there. So the thought is, is that, you know, he, he could make the cut and just like he did at Augusta there, cause this, there's a lot of comparisons to how this golf course is, you know, to Augusta national, the hopes is that, you know, he finishes in the top 20, top 30. I, I really don't have any expectations with him winning or being in the final couple of pairings. Um, cause I mean, this is a hard golf course and these fields are unbelievable 
And this one is, is just stacked beyond, you know, beyond all measure there. But, you know, I think, I, I think he's in the, you know, stepping into the right place, you know, he's moving, he's progressing and it's just a process. Scott, I, I, you know, we didn't talk to you after the masters, but I mean, what were your thoughts on, on what he did there and, you know, what we have, it's four or five weeks later talking about a tournament that's going to be in the 80, 90 degrees, you know, area where it, it should be better for his mobility. Um, you know, maybe a month stronger with his leg. Uh, are you on the optimistic camp or the pessimistic camp? I'm on the optimistic side of things for sure. Um, I, I thought everybody was a little bit getting carried away with, can he win the masters? I think I said that when we, when I was on the show, I, I, I thought making the cut was going to be a monumental feat. And I think it was, um, but I think we, I, I think all of us have been to Augusta. If I'm, if I'm incorrect about that, sorry, but, but the walk at Augusta is brutal. I mean, brutal for him to get through those four days. He can get through anything really, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Southern Hills is, is, is got some Hills, you know, uh, that uh, Oklahoma will surprise you with the terrain a little bit, but I like his chances better at, at, at Southern Hills than I did at Augusta because it is a smallish green, very old school. Uh, certainly um, experience really matters at this place. And I know it looks long on paper and it is, but, they won't go really super deep at Southern Hills. I don't think, I, I think that the rough and the smallest greens will protect that a little bit. So I, I think he'll get through the four days physically better myself, even though it's going to be hot. I think hot helps him with his back and, you know, um, so I, I'm optimistic. I, I, I see him making the cut. I, I, he could maybe get inside the top 25. I could see that, but I think anything better than that is maybe a bit optimistic, but I'd love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think people maybe under underrated how, I mean, making the cut, how astounding that was mm. at the masters. I mean, unbelievable to, to do what he did there. Um, I truly believe this is all a journey for him to, uh, to for St. Andrews in, uh, in July. I mean, I, I really feel like, and I know, and I poo pooed the whole, Tiger come back a little bit after the Masters, and you know that that Twitter account, freezing cold takes, Johnny. You're probably aware of it. I'll, they'll probably I'll be on there saying, yeah, I don't know if I want to see, I don't know if I want to see old broken down Tiger, and then he'll win the Open in July, and then I'll look like an idiot. Um, I still I still kind of feel that way, but then I I see what I saw today, him swinging the golf club, and and I, I really just feel like him at St Andrews, where you know he won the Open in 2005, and uh, just a course that he just knows so well and plays so well. I, I, I feel like this whole major season will lead to that for him where I, I believe that he will believe he has a chance to win that tournament. Um, so hopefully he keeps progressing, gets stronger over the next couple months and um, we'll see what we got this weekend. Um, guys thoughts on Southern Hills. We know uh, Perry Maxwell designed, but it went through the restoration uh, from Gil Hans, who's, you know, this is kind of what he does. I mean, he's really, known for these types of projects and um, really put a, a nice redesign and also restoration, uh, kind of a mold of both. Uh, I think in 2018 on this golf course, um, I believe it hadn't hosted a major since the uh, PGA tour major since 07 PGA. I know it, um, it hosted the last year, the senior PGA. Um, uh, so thoughts on the golf course and uh, what we might look for this week as far as what has changed from the last time we saw it. Scott, what do you what, what are your thoughts on Southern Hills? I, I have to be honest, I don't know the, the revamp very well, um, but I know that it's uh, it's a golf course that's hosted, I think, somewhere around 15 or 16 major championships in the last hundred years. It's, it's loved by the USGA, the PGA. I mean, there's not many of those courses out there, you know, let's that they're in agreement on, right. Um, it, it's tree lined, it's tight, it moves both ways. It goes up and down. And the greens, as I mentioned, are not, 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 are, are not the biggest, man. They, they, you hit drive the ball in the rough there. It's hard to hit the greens. So, um, it, it's got some water. It's got creeks that run through that, that, that intersect holes and get across in front of greens, the bunkering around the greens from the, the senior PJ last year looked very difficult especially if you drive it in some of the fairway bunkers. So I look for a guy who's going to drive the ball straight. who's going to avoid, you know, uh, the loose shots. 
I don't think it's going to be a super low score. I, I just don't think they're going to get deeper than probably 12. I think I think double digits will look awfully good this week. Johnny, uh, you know, from everything I read about about the the restoration that Gil Hans did, um, kind of really bringing out the features that Maxwell created way back when, um, hitting to specific small areas on the greens. Um, sounds like it's going to be key to the week. Very Augusta-like, really, in a way. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the things that they really wanted to bring back was that. Um, and and when they built the golf course, they had these very subtle breaks that had eventually just kind of flattened out. Um, just whether it was erosion or or you know additional sand or or just subtle changes to the golf course um, over the you know over the years there. But they've really restored it from what I've read to play more like that. So for me, I want to look at guys who hit their irons really, really well, because you've got to be able to control the spin and the distance. And you you can't just fire at the center of these greens and expect to have birdie putts. So it'll be interesting to see. Yes, you do got to hit it in the fairway. The rough from what I'm, I'm, I'm assuming as of right now is not overly penal. Um, but it is a major championship. Um, but with the, the, the old school deep bunkering that they've changed and the way the greens have been kind of restored to the, uh, um, you know, the, the, the quadrants or the, you know, whatever size you, you know, are that they are on each green, you've got to be able to kind of fit your ball into different areas there. And, and that's gonna, you know, that's really going to make the ball strikers here. Um, you know, I think flourish. The other thing I wanted to mention was was part of his restoration was creating more of these uh, runoffs on, around the greens mm-hmm. rather than just thick rough, which I really like. I think it, it's more fun to watch as a viewer. I think it challenges the the players to play a variety of of game a uh, 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 shots. You know around the green rather than just I don't kind of like the U.S. Open style where you, know, you kind of just kind of you know, hit out a thick rough and hit a, hit a flop shot and man, hope for the best. I, you know, I think it really challenges players to play a variety of shots. Um, I think it's more entertaining to watch. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to see how that looks. I was reading Rory's quotes today. He says he thinks it's going to be better scoring than people think because some of the restoration removes some trees. It's more open than it was in the past. Um, so we'll see if Rory's right. You know, it could just be a Rory thing where he talks about that and then he'll shoot 75 the first day and play himself out of it. <laughs> I don't know. I hope I'm wrong because I I really want Rory to uh, contend and it's, it's just more fun when he's around like we've talked about. Um, so with that set up the golf course, with that mind of kind of who we, what kind of players to maybe target, I really think irons like johnny said is is paramount but i i really think you get one a guy that can get up and down too i mean it sounds kind of kind of dumb to say but i i mean i think a lot of people guys are going to miss their share of greens this week so i want the guy yeah. that i i trust you know the cameron smiths scotty scheffler obviously as of late's been getting up and down for four months um so those are the two things i'm really looking at it does it's not going to hurt if you can you can hit it you know, pretty deep off the tee, but there's only two par fives They're Both of those are playing over 640 yards. So it kind of makes them three shot par fives anyways. So I'm looking for more accuracy and position off the tee. And then guys that can really uh, do the damage with their irons. Um, let's talk about the odds. And, uh, you know, Rom is, is back to the favorite coming off the last, uh, his last start winning in Mexico there was nothing overly impressive about what he did, but the fact is that he just finally won a tournament again, I think really was a a nice confidence booster for him coming into the PGA. So he's at uh, plus 1100, 11 to one on DraftKings. JT and Scotty Scheffler are at 12 to one. Pat Cantley, Kyle Morikawa, Rory McIlroy at 16 to one. Spieth at 18 to one. And then we got a slew of guys that are right there, just under 30 to 1. Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, Hideki, Xander, and Shane Lowry. Scott, who's the guy in that bunch that you like? And what would be the reason why? Well, it's certainly um easy to jump on the speed bandwagon right now. Uh I I, I agree with everything you guys were saying about um 
about him and and I think he's going to have a good week and what a, what a cool week it would be to see him complete the career grand slam especially with the low points that he hit for a while I'm going to go with the world number one I I just listen this last week he comes back from not playing he shoots 19 under I mean how many where does that normally put you on the PGA tour at 19 under mm-hmm. I think he goes away from last week going I shot 19 under I mean I I hadn't played at all. I'm the number one player in the world now. I just came I came off of, or had been, but I came off of the, the win in the Masters. I think he's brimming with it this week. I think he's salivating about Southern Hills. Uh, it's a hard golf course. He has that beautiful little cut shot he hits off the tee. I I, I love Scotty Scheffler this week. Johnny, um Scheffler at 12 to one plus 160 for a top 10. That's um, short, short odds on the top 10. But as I was saying earlier, I think, it, I think it's hard not to see him uh, finish in the top 10. The course just seems to fit him so well. Well, you know how at the end of last year, after the U S open, you could basically bet John Rahm and book a top 10 finish for him. I think we're at that point with Scotty Scheffler. I mean, it's just hard to see him not playing great. And just what, Scott said. I mean, 19 under par and probably was just a warm-up week for him. I I highly doubt he was in full grind mode and and just rolled out of bed and shot, you know, 19 under par there. So generally I'm not a big fan of of you know betting the guy to win two major championships here in the first two legs here, but I don't see why he couldn't do it. I think I'm going to have him on my card in some capacity. I might throw a little bit on a win bet. Um, I did talk about Spieth earlier. I did bet Spieth, um, but I'm prepared to get hurt again. And I like <laughs> Justin Thomas. Mm. <laughs> Great short game. Uh, top three iron player in the world. Um, good driver of the golf ball. Um I, I, I'm, I'm struggling here to, to convince myself of, of why I want to bet him, but no, I, I just, I think his game fits and he, you know, he played good last week. Uh, he switched, uh, switched hosels on his putter. So slightly different putting arc, um, in support here. I'm hoping the change will, uh, have a little bit more confidence over the ball and he can get those putts that, you know, that you, you that you need to make to win major championships that the, the ones that Scotty Scheffler is making, you know, seemingly every single time he, he steps up to now, uh, is this going to be JT's week to do that? Um, don't love the number at 12 to one. I can see why it is 12 to one. So I'll probably shop around and find the best number there. And, uh, um, you know, we'll just have to have to bet JT and, and just live with the results. I, I think I said after the masters, I was going to have to quit JT for a while. Until, <laughs> and so I'm going to, I mean, in majors, I'm, I think I'm going to have to stick with that. He did putt better last week. He was 20th in putting uh, last week at the Nelson, which is improvement. Uh, I want to go back to Sheffield real quick. Uh, he's got eight major starts um, since 2019 as as a pro, and he's finished in the top 27 of the eight. Uh, I mean, he's he's like the new Brooks Kepka Now, is he going to reel off a bunch of wins like Brooks? I don't know. But uh, his major record is incredibly impressive. And I, I think that means something it, it, when you talk about who's going to play well at majors. I mean, it's, I mean, you look at these guys, it's, it's, it's a lot of the same guys. It's the Brooks, DJ, Spies over the last few years, you know? Um, so I trust him to at least get himself into contention maybe on Saturday and then see where we go from there. I, I keep coming back to, this just feels like a Patrick Cantley course to me. Um, I feel like he's coming to that point where he's he's due for a major. He's 30 years old. We, he won the FedEx Cup last year. He's had a few wins. He's a grinder. He does everything pretty well. There's no true weaknesses in his game. Um, you know, last fall he was unconscious with the putter. I mean, he's making everything. Now he's cooled off a little bit, but um, he had a really nice uh, run out in California where he was hitting the ball good and he wasn't making anything. And um, uh, so he's 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 not been on the on the radar, I guess, the last month, six weeks, eight weeks. But I kind of like his spot. I feel like he's lurking in the shadows, and I just feel like he's due for um, you know star making performance. So I like Cantley. I keep coming back to him this week. I, I I'm the guy that I can make a case for everyone. I'm like, oh my god, Colin Morikawa 
uh, why wouldn't this course fit him well? I mean, he drives it in play and then he just stuffs it from 180. And when he makes his eight footers, he wins or he finishes second or third. Um, you know, Rory uh, at the same number, 16 to one. Last time we saw him at Wells Fargo, he was in contention. Masters Sunday, he was right there. Can he get off to a good start? Um, Scott, is there anyone else in there, in that group of, of upper echelon guys that you're like, all right, I, I think I like I like where he's sitting as we talk here Monday night. Yeah, I mean, I loved Cantley. I mean, I, I love him every week. There's there's nothing about him I don't love when I watch him play. Um, I, I I have this feeling um, that in the next thirty to sixty days, DJ's going to rear his ugly head again. I just have that feeling he is going to burst. What you know, the deal with him is he just sort of goes quiet for a while, then all of a sudden he just kind of kicks the front door in and goes and wins three out of seven events or something like that. I think that we're going to see that. Uh, I could see him maybe even at St. Andrews, to be honest with you. But um, I like him. Um, Shane Lowry's been awfully good. I mean, you can make a case for all of them. I mean, you're right. You're right. I'm with you. Lowry's been so good the last two, three months. It's, it's, it's almost, it's almost hard that, or or it's hard to believe he hasn't won as good as his numbers have been, his performances have been. Uh, Johnny, you and I were talking earlier today about Victor Hovland. I think we both really like him, like his ball striking ability, but man, he is terrifying uh, around the greens. Like if there's a guy that I, of these top guys where I wouldn't trust him to get up and down on the 72nd hole, it'd probably be him. Yeah. These bunkers are no joke and the chipping areas and, and, and everything like that. I, I just don't think he's <clears throat> he's at the point where you can you, you can have any faith in him. I mean, he could make a whole bunch of birdies because greens are going to be rolling nice, and he puts the ball uh, when he gets it going is just is so good at, at making birdies. But but you're right, he's going to get those instances where he's going to miss the green, or he's going to hit it in one of those bunkers, and he, you know he's he's not going to be able to get out of it. So. He's a stay away for me as far as that. Um, I, I do think he'll play. He'll he'll probably play decent. I mean, one thing that we you've got to look at here is Tulsa is not too far from from Stillwater, Oklahoma. So you got to look at the uh, the Oklahoma State you know connection here. Home game. These guys didn't really play the golf course at all, but they've got kind of that home home cooking there, and uh, uh, he you know he still lives in the area. So, you know, there could be some, some comfort level to being in Oklahoma there, but uh, uh, you know, playing in the winds and whatnot, but I wouldn't want to bet him to win um, just because like I said, I don't feel good about him coming down the stretch. If he misses a green at all. The uh, there's a Patrick Reed joke in here, but uh, the the director of golf, the (laughs) the guy that walked with Tiger, he he did say that the two most important things to winning this tournament would be iron play and uh, short game, getting the ball up and down. Um, If if only the director of golf would have walked around with Patrick Reed, uh, he'd be more suited to to contend this week. Um, I also like Hideki at twenty eight to one. I'm really mad at myself because I saw him last night at 45 to one. And I was like, Oh, that's so low. And I didn't do anything. And it's been bet way down pretty quickly. Um, moving on to the, that next tier, um, Johnny and I's favorite guy, Will Zalatoris headlines that next group at 35 to one uh, burger, Corey Connors Brooks at 45 to one. We'll talk about him. Uh, Joaquin Neiman Fitzpatrick at 45 and then uh, Sam Burns at 50, Billy Horschel at 50, Oost Hazen and Hatton at 60. Um, Scott, I'm, I'm interested in your take on Zalatoris because uh, Zach gives Johnny and I grief uh, about we're just always on Zalatoris and we're always <laughs> talking about him. We're always betting him. And I said, I guess you hate unbelievable ball strikers because he's like, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get your fascination. I said, this guy is going to be a star. Could this be the week where he just makes his first PGA Tour win a major? You know, I, I was, I'm a little bit in Zach's camp when he first came out. I, I everybody was just going bonkers about him every single week that he was playing. I was kind of like, okay, but then the more I watched him and I saw kind of what they were talking about with the tracers on the golf balls and how just just neutral his ball flight is and how good he is. I don't think he's been hitting it that well lately though. He's had some kind of weird tracers, like not nearly as tight as what they were. So I don't know. I'm not really on him. I'm not feeling him this week. Um, And that, and that, 
Boy, that one's a tough one. There's some good ones in there. I don't know how Brooks wouldn't be a good pick at 45 to one. I mean, he seems like the best in there to me. And if you piss him off enough, maybe he might just decide to go win a fifth major. I mean, or however many majors he's got. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you brought him up because I mean, that's, that's, that's a basement level price for, you know, the best major player the last five, six years. Uh, Johnny, do you have any reservations about Brooks? I mean, I know he withdrew from the Nelson. I don't know what the reason was. Was I mean, was there a knee thing or was it something else? I, I heard, I was actually watching uh, live from today and I think they said it was just, there was no reason. It was just rest didn't feel like playing in it, but it's a totally Brooks thing to do. Brother. Yeah, yes, it is. He, he, it Brooks is. being Brooks there. I don't know though. I mean, I love the number at 45 to one, but I mean, are, are, is, are we past? Brooks Kepka, you know, you know, consistently contending in major championships anymore. I mean, yeah, he hasn't been overly healthy, you know, over the last couple of years here, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, his numbers, you know, you look at any strokes game numbers and they're, they're garbage, but he just, he puts, he puts results on the board, you know, when it comes to these events. So I don't know if I'll bet him. But I wouldn't blame anybody for wanting to throw a little bit on 45 to 1. Um, you could get a missed cut. You could get a, a top five finish. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's really no telling. And you can't, you can't bet him or judge him based on how he's trending just because it's just like, you know, who, who even knows there. So, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical on him. I've faded him before and I have lost every single time that's happened. So I might just, just not, just not do anything with him at all as far as that. But as for this group here, I mean, there's some pretty good, uh, pretty good names here. One of the golf course comparisons that I've seen here to, uh, uh, to Southern Hills is Shinnecock. Um, so you can always look at guys who played well there in the, in the U S open. So, um, you know, so that, I guess that does bring Brooks into it, but I, I don't love Matthew Fitzpatrick or Matt Fitzpatrick to win, but you're going to go there, but he's just, he's been playing pretty good here lately. And he, he grinds it out on these really, really hard golf courses. And I I don't know if he's ever going to win in the United States, but this, I think some of these guys who, who will end up winning these, these, you know, these DP world tour players, it'll end up being a major. And I just don't know if you're going to see a top level guy win. Cause it, you know, with it being a 10 to 12 under winning score, you know, you could get uh, somebody a little bit down there. So I kind of like him for a top finish. Um, Tyrrell Hatton, he played well at Shinnecock. Um, you know, he just, he'll, he'll grind it out. There has been some life there in the last, uh, last bunch of weeks here. He's played some better golf. Um, you know, if he can just, uh, you know, with the, with it being windy and everything, whether, you know, you got to look at the patience and everything, but uh, you know, at, at plus 500 for a top 10, that's, that's not too bad to me. And that's one of those things where he'll, he'll just kind of stick around and, 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 you know, he could, he could definitely finish the top 10. I, I knew you were going to mention Fitzpatrick. That's like, you, you I, know I, I, I don't. Um, and, and I, I, w- if you weren't going to, I was going to, because of two things. One, um, it's supposed to be windy. Uh, later in the week, things are going to be, things are going to play tough at some point. And I, I, you know, I don't know what the finishing score is going to be, but um, you know, Fitzpatrick always plays best when it's pars at a premium and things are a grind for whatever reason. And we saw it at the Arnold Palmer. We see it year after year at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. A couple weeks ago, Wells Fargo, he shows up. He just plays really well when it's extremely tough. Now, my theory on Matt Fitzpatrick is he's good enough to get you a T3 at difficult tournaments. He still doesn't win them, though. So I, I can't ever bet him to win a golf tournament, especially a major. But I, I see a scenario where he's around, you know, uh, this weekend. Um, I want to I want to like Daniel Berger this week, I think. I'm interested in Daniel Berger as far as when, you know, guys miss greens. I, I like him to get the ball up and down. I trust him to make putts. I don't know if I truly trust him to, to go out and beat this field this week. Um, I might like him for a top 10 better than, than a win. Um, and I'm with you guys on Brooks. It, it, you, there's so many different scenarios on the table of what could happen with him, but um, 45 to one is it's, it's an enticing number for sure. Um, 
it went down the board. You know, we don't traditionally we go through kind of deep, but um, sixty five and sixty five to one and above guys. Uh, and we'll start with Tiger right there, sixty five to one. He's six to one for a top ten. Um, I don't know if there's anyone that you've targeted, Johnny, throughout the the rest of the board, but. Myself, I, I've already bet. I made one bet today, um, and I'll, I'll look at this close tomorrow, is Cameron Young at 80-1. to 1. Um, This feels like a Cameron Young type of course. Uh, I trust Cameron Young because he hits the hell of the golf ball, and he hits a ton of greens, and he hits it close a lot. Um, I don't know if it'll translate, but his upside is, I think, pretty enormous. Uh, is there anyone you like going down the board? Uh. Well, Cameron Young was the one guy I was going to pick out. I don't know if he'll win this, but he is really, really good. I think he's going to – you just give him a couple more years of, of getting used to the PGA Tour life there, and, and I could see some good things here. Um, as far as anybody else that I like, I don't think we're going to see anybody this far down the board win. Um, I, I didn't mind um, a guy like Mav McNeely who sits at 130 to one for a, for a win. He's not going to win this, this event, but I, I, I love his game and I love, I think he's going to make the cut and, and, do, and do pretty well there. Um, so I'm going to have him in some capacity. I, until Max Homa won this event, I was going to bet him to win, but I think it's just too close. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to bet him probably in a top 20 bet this week, because I think he's going to, I, th- I think we're seeing him, him, you know, his, his ascension as, as being, you know, a really good player here. And, you know, the next step is, is, uh, is playing well in majors and then getting on that president's cup team. So yeah. those are the kind of the two that I, I have looked at. I know I've, I've talked about those guys many, many times before, but I just like their games and, and like, uh, uh, like him at this event and this golf course. Anyone else for you, Scotty P? I love Max Homa. Mm-hmm. I love Max Home. I, I I would I would certainly consider if I was a gambling man, as you guys are. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be scared of him at all. I think there's an I for my like off the table long shot. I think Sebastian Munoz has played really good for a long time, and he has been at the top of leaderboards a bunch over the last however many months and. I I just think for a just a flyer I I could see him playing good this this week I really could he hits it a mile he doesn't seem scared of the big moments I know he hasn't won much and he he's learning and he's a young guy I just think he's a good I think this is a golf course he could be really good at Sebastian Munoz at 110 to one uh, listen I I love I love that's my range uh, Scott so I I'll listen to you what about what about Tony Finau? At eighty to one, um, he's, he won in August, and he just hasn't had the finishes. But his—if you look deeper into the stats, his, his ball striking isn't that much different. He's just been awful uh, with the putter. Um, but you know, down in Mexico, he finished second to to Rom, and he hit the ball decently at Wells Fargo again. I'm kind of looking at Finau as as maybe a, a potential long shot if he could just. But halfway, bent grass greens. He won last year uh, uh, in August on bent. I, you know, I'm trying to find some correlation to support my <laughs> argument, but uh, I, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of have a feeling Finau might might be around as well. Anybody on Bryson at a hundred to one? Or is there too many question marks with the the wrist? And I mean, no, we don't even know if I, he's going to play for sure. Yeah, I mean, if he plays, I that that hand. I mean, that hand at bone you know, is if you, that takes a long, a while for it to get, you know, to get once, it, once you have the, uh, the surgery there from what I'm told is it takes a while for it to actually get fully healed and as much torque as he puts in his golf swing and, uh, you know, much pressure he puts, you know, cause he probably broke the bone by, by swinging there. So, you know, I just don't, I, I, I wouldn't trust him at all. Uh, first of all, to complete 72 holes and, and, you know, to win at that, but I mean, that's, that's an unbelievable number just to see him at a hundred to one on, on a board. I mean, it's just unbelievable, but I think that's very, very appropriately priced. That's fair. Um, Phil, I would say this about Tony Finau, if I can. Yes. Uh, I, 
dislike. I, just speaking from personal experience, I would rather put it good and hit it like dirt. And I seem to be able, I think I can get it around because you're making every putt. It's, it's the worst to hit it great and miss everything. And he feels like he's in that mode right now to me. I, I, I personally would, would stay away from Tony Finau until he proves that he's got his putting touch back because one week is probably not going to, you know, he's, he's probably fragile <laughs> right now, Johnny, you know what I'm talking about? You know, when the putter goes, you're just fragile and uh, he can, it's, it's just, it's just risky, I think, with him. But I'd rather have somebody who's hitting it like Luke Donald and putting it like Luke Donald than hitting it like Tony Finau and putting it like him right now, myself. <laughs> Scott, I pulled the tapes from last year's PGA preview show, and you and I were both on Finau. You were on for that one. So I, I, lo- I love the kid, man. I really <laughs> do. I love I'm, tr- him. I, I'm trying to uh, to give him some positive synergy for the week because I really want Finau to, to kind of I mean, I'd be great to see him win a major. Yeah. I, I was just looking at the board. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised. And, and Johnny, I'm interested in your take. Sepp Straka is 200 to one. Uh, mm. If there was if there was a most improved player uh, on the PGA Tour, which there's not, but if there was, I think it would be Sepp Straka this season. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, taken aback to see him at 200 to one win, and, and even for a top ten at 16 to one. Um, I think I'm going to have to take some capacity of Sepstrak, uh, words that I never thought I'd have to say, but I'm saying, I mean, he's been really good this year. Yeah. The, the disrespect for Sepstrak from the books is, I mean, I mean, he's, he's, it's behind, legit though. He's, I mean, he's, he can win a golf tournament on a tough no golf. Course. No doubt. I mean, he's behind you know? Matt, Matt Wolf in the odds. I mean, I'm, I love Matt Wolf, but I'm mm. sorry. Matt Wolf is just, he's, yeah, no, I mean, just look at the guys ahead of him. Yeah. Um, so Seb Straka, as someone okay. weighed on the board, I, I, I think is, it merits some sort of attention. I really do. Um, all right, guys, give me, give me your win pick and give me the, my, my favorite major, uh, category, the guy that will not win. That's a top player. Oh man. Johnny. All right. Who's going to win this week is going to be, is going to be Jordan Spieth to win the career grand slam. Love it. And the guy who's not going to win is Colin Morikawa. Oh no, that that backfired me on me at the, the <laughs> Open last year. I know it did. <laughs> that did not go well. Uh, Scott, what about you? Um, and and the the not win is coming from the top tier. Is that what we're doing here? Yeah, you can't say like Mackenzie Hughes is not going to win. I mean, it's got to be like okay. a, a top caliber okay. guy. Well, yeah. I, I like Scotty Scheffler, fellas. I, I, I just I'm riding that bandwagon right now. I just, I just love what he's doing. I really, I really like him. I would say who I'm probably not on this week is um, I, I still not feeling John Rahm right now. I, 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 I mean, I, I think he's could certainly finish top ten, um, but I, I probably would be off of him to win this week. I, I would agree with that. Um, I'm not going to, that's not going to be my guy. My guy not to win is going to be Justin Thomas. I'm going to stick it to him. Oh, I'm betting him right now. That's my <laughs> tra- traditionally my guy, but uh, he will not win this week. And uh, I, I alluded to it earlier. Patrick Cantley is going to win his first major this week wow. at Southern Hills. And uh, I feel like it's going to be a reversal of the RBC when Spieth, uh, beat Cantley in the playoff. I think Cantley is going to outlast Spieth. I think Spieth will be there to the end, though. But it should be an awesome week. I can't wait to see it. Guys, uh, thanks for breaking it down, for being here, uh, Johnny and Scott. Thank you. Thanks. We'll uh, put our best bets up for the PGA Championship on Wednesday this week. Uh, and we'll be back next week to break it all down and talk about what happened. So thanks again for listening to the podcast appreciate everyone's support and we'll catch you next time